Miracy. There was once a poor and hungry man who stole a piece of fruit in the marketplace. Stop! The vendor had him arrested and brought him before the ruling magistrate. The thief said in his own defense, if you will pardon me, I will give you a wonderful gift. The magistrate replied gruffly, what could you have that would seal this bargain? The thief took a small seed from his pocket. When this is planted, it will bear fruit overnight. It will bear fruit of gold. So the magistrate insisted that he plant the seed. I cannot, said the poor man. It can only be planted by someone who has never stolen, cheated or lied. Sir, you have the honor of planting the seed. Hi, I'm Lisa Bloom, the Story Coach, and you're listening to Once Upon a Business. In each episode, we explore a story, a fairy tale, folk tale, or traditional story, so that we can discover the amazing lessons relevant for business and for entrepreneurs. The chief magistrate stammered and muttered, I do not plant crops. Give the seed to my chief prelate. The prelate refused, saying, I do not have a green thumb. Give the seed to the commissioner of oaths. One by one, all the officials in the court refused to plant the seed. Everyone stood in silence. Finally, the thief said, Am I to be punished for stalking one piece of fruit when I was hungry, when not one of you is able to plant this seed? Is that justice? The magistrate set him free. This story is quite simple and straightforward and seems to be about a man who has questionable morals and intentions, who manages to wrangle his way out of justice and punishment for theft. Clever thief, a character we're all familiar with in stories. And yet I think this story contains so much more, including some lessons for business owners, of course. I love how tricky the character of the thief is and so relatable. We all want to justify our indiscretions, to normalize the things that we do when we cut corners or are not entirely honest to ourselves or others. It reminds me of Dan Ariely, the professor of psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University. He wrote a book called The Honest Truth About Dishonesty, How We Lie to Ourselves and Everyone. So yes, there's a whole body of research and work about how part of the human condition is to lie, to conceal the truth and to try to get away with it, exactly as the protagonist of our story tries to do. I'm not sure what the lesson is for business or for entrepreneurship. I certainly don't go around expecting people to lie to me. In fact, the opposite is true. In the home that I grew up in, lying was the worst thing that commanded the most serious punishment. So it was deeply ingrained in me to always tell the truth. In fact, I believe that having integrity in business is not only desirable and the right thing to do, it's also quite a differentiator. Whether your business is online or in person, when you have integrity, when your client can believe your word, that has enormous value. This story is also about judgment and comparison. The thief compares himself to everyone else in the court and shows that he's no different to them all. 
No one is able to claim that they've never stolen, cheated or lied, and so they're all equal. As entrepreneurs, we often find ourselves embroiled in the activity of comparison, whether it's by comparing our online presence, the number of followers and the claims of revenue numbers, or whether it's about our lifestyle. There's so much discussion about the lifestyle business, the choices we make to allow us freedom to live a certain lifestyle we desire. And then we find ourselves comparing what we've accumulated or how we live. And it's all a fallacy. We have no idea how others truly live or what they honestly have or earn. In this case, we're often comparing ourselves negatively to others, and it's really not productive or helpful. At least in the story, the thief compares himself to others in order to lift himself up. And then there's judgment, which I think is a super interesting topic. I think as kids and in society, we're told not to judge others. And yet we constantly judge ourselves and others. And rather than making it a bad thing, I believe we should just admit that it's perfectly natural. Sometimes by judging others, we can motivate ourselves to do better. When we see people we aspire to, that's a kind of judgment. We can aim to raise ourselves up to be better. In business, that means we learn more, we try harder, we take on courageous things because we're inspired by others. And sometimes we judge ourselves and that can make us strive more and live up to our own expectations. And we can have that reflected and explored with a mentor or coach who will help us raise our standards and expectations so that we reach our desires and our dreams. Sometimes our judgment of others is the key to our own souls. Whenever I have a strong judgment or reaction to someone, especially if it stays with me for a long time, I know there's an insight, there's a lesson waiting to be revealed. Our judgment of others is usually a reaction to something going on inside of us. Sometimes it's avoidance, sometimes it's lack of confidence, and sometimes it's fear. When we confront this judgment, it can hold enormous gifts of self-awareness that can really help us get unstuck in life and in business. There was a time where I would attend courses and spend the first while judging the trainer, the content, the experience. I would tell myself that I have an open mind, that I'm going into the experience with a learner's mind. But who was I kidding? I was full of judgment and justification. I would be telling myself that they weren't that good, that the material was flawed, that the user experience left much to be desired. Really, I was nervous that my own work was all that. I was scared to admit that I needed to learn more and really immerse myself into the learning experience if I were to grow in my ability to create learning experiences. It's quite humbling to really explore your own judgment without condemning it outright, but seeing it as an opportunity to learn and grow. A final thought about this story. The thief convinces them to let him go. And I guess he's right. No one is completely honest. No one can say that they've never lied or cheated. But this kind of bothers me because he did steal. He is a thief. My father used to say, two wrongs don't make a right. And though he died many years before my kids were born, I quote him so much that they know that this is what grandpa used to say. Two wrongs don't make a right. Just because other people do bad things doesn't mean you should too. So this thief got off, but he's still a thief. I guess that's the stickler in me, the one who doesn't lie. And I believe that it's a code for great business conduct to have that level of integrity. And that means you get to work with great people because the best clients expect integrity. 
and you get to sleep well at night too. And yet with all this, I hear the sound of righteousness in my own voice and judgment for this thief, as I've named him. And yet at the beginning of the story, we hear that he's a poor, hungry man who just took some fruit. So where's the compassion for that? Um, I guess I'm judging myself now and also judging my interpretation of the story as coming down hard on this so-called thief. But it still raises that question that, is there a justified reason for lying? Is there a justified reason for stealing? And perhaps there is. Maybe this is just a tiny snippet of a story and there's a whole context that would make it okay for him to have stolen that piece of fruit. And maybe just by virtue of the fact that he's a poor man and that he's hungry, he deserved to eat fruit and the fruit seller should have just given it to him, should have seen his situation and should have been generous enough to actually offer him food. And I would like to think in business, we can all do that. We can avoid these harsh situations where we feel like something has been taken from us and instead, well, offer generosity to everybody, but offer help to people that need help and offer support to people who come to us looking for support. The strange thing is that over the years, as I've offered courses and various services, I always found that the people who asked outright to get things for free, to get a place on the course because they had no money, initially, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to help people. And yet I found that when I gave something for free, they were the people who didn't engage, who didn't actually take it, didn't receive it. And so I've come to see that that give and take, there's a currency here around our own commitment to do things. I think that's a part of this equation as well. Going back to the story, I'd like to end by thinking of this poor, hungry man as, in a sense, a victim of a system that turns him into a thief. So while everything I've said about judgment, I do believe, and two wrongs don't make a right, I hear my father's words in my head and in my heart. Perhaps if we could face situations like this with more compassion, with more humility, and with more generosity, we would all have even more integrity in the way we do business. I'm Lisa Bloom, and you've been listening to Once Upon a Business. You can find out more about me at story-coach.com. That's story-coach.com. Once Upon a Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Course Lab. This episode of Once Upon a Business was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson and Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Inney is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch the episodes that are coming up on Once Upon a Business, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It really does help us out. Thank you. We'll see you next time.